Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. That they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. After my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns within me. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Well, He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed day of our Lord's resurrection to all of you listeners. I'm Evan Gigline, and you're listening to Table Talk Radio with everyone's favorite co-host of a Lutheran radio talk show, uh, game show, whatever. Pastor Wolfinger's here. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> hey, what about the pastor? Oh, don't you remember? The, the bands went crash and died and... I had, make my own theme music. I, I had to, I had to uh, spend all of our listeners' uh, donation money to to pay that band to come into the studio. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I appreciate your donate. <laughs> if you like the band to come back, donate on our website tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> now there we're you go. now we're sure not to get donations. Well, we've got a great store, a uh, great show in store for you for this Easter Sunday, uh, and that is by playing uh, another super game. Pastor Wolfman likes these super games. That's a mixture I of do. name that theologian and which ladder. All right. And then after that, we're playing um, Table Talk Jeopardy. We haven't played that in a while. I know, Pro- probably for good reason. <laughs> okay, I, I've got a good, some good ones for you today. Are you ready? Sure. Um, okay, I'm trying to figure out which paragraph I was going to read here. Now, the way this works, by the way, is so that we're combining two games. The first is name that theologian. So you're going to give me some quotation from some sort of theologian, and I've got to guess who it is for 200 points. Then, after that, we're going to add to this game which ladder, which is there's three ladders, right? There's the ladder of... Uh, the will, moralism, the ladder of the mind, rationalism, the ladder of the emotions, mysticism. And these are the three false ladders or false religions that man would have us uh, to clamor up towards heaven in. And so uh, and so after we hear the quotation, then we, uh, we find out who it is, and then we try to guess these ladders. That's how the game works. No, I, I think we should guess the ladders and then, and then say who it is. Okay. All, All right. right, so ladders first, and then try to guess who. So that way, if you know, I, I pick Luther or something like that, and you're saying he's climbing a ladder, you have to explain why Luther apparently was climbing a ladder. Not, uh-huh. not that he would. I'm just saying hypothetically. Okay, here's your here's your first, and this is just one quote. You usually do three. You just have one quote here. Are you ready? Ready. You see that all these ideas, in so far as religion requires or can adopt ideas, are the first and the most essential. 
They indicate in the most characteristic manner a man's consciousness of his religion, because they indicate they, uh, they indicate just what necessarily and un- universally must be in it. The man who does not see miracles of his own from the standpoint from which he contemplates the world, the man in whose heart it, no revelation of his own arises, when his soul longs to draw in the beauty of the world and to be permeated by his spirit, the man who does not in supreme moments feel with the most lively assurance that a divine spirit urges him and that he speaks and acts from holy inspiration has no religion. The religious man must at least be conscious of his feelings as an immediate product of the universe, for less would mean nothing. He must recognize something individual in them, something that cannot be imitated, something that guarantees the purity of their origin of his own heart. This must be assured of uh, this possession. It is true belief. <laughs> uh, uh, so you don't want me to guess who this is. You want me to, um, let's, you want me to talk, talk about, about the, the ladder, ladder first. first. Which ladder do you think that is? All right. Well, there's a lot of emotionalism in there, isn't there? I mean, there's a sense of this kind of inward feeling. Uh, I, I, right in the middle, there was a line that kind of gave that away. The man uh, where he's talking about the man who's not religious is the man who doesn't have these feelings, uh, these kind of conceptions of the infinite, these experiences of miracles, these sorts of things. Uh, and he, de- this person defines that uh, as being not religious. So this, to me, is um, kind of branching on uh, a pantheistic mysticism. Uh, so I would say I, I would say the ladder of the emotions, the um, m- mysticism. I think you're right on the ladder. So we are climbing the mysticism ladder. Uh, any idea who this theologian may be? I'm going to guess this is uh, Frederick Schleiermacher. You on got religion. it. <laughs> Good job. All right. Now, now uh, a, a I, great I, irony of ironies. I also have uh, Frederick Schleiermacher on religion <laughs> out here to read to you for which ladder. That's great. That's funny. Oh. Now, one of the things with uh, Schleimacher uh, is is how he defines guilt. Um, you know, if, if you were to ask a judge what the word guilt is, you get a completely different definition if you went to ask a psychologist what guilt is, right? Because right. If, if you're asked the judge, what what does guilt mean? Guilt means that you're guilty. You did the crime. You're, you're responsible for uh, what the punishment of that crime is. If you ask... You know, a therapist. What is guilt? It's oh, it's a feeling. It's an emotion of, of you know that, that you f- you feel bad about what you did. And so Schleimacher took the the latter approach to guilt, saying this is this is a feeling. And uh, what that does then, if if guilt is merely a feeling that that uh, you, you feel bad for maybe something you did or didn't do, then the answer to resolve that guilt is to make you feel better. And you do so by saying, oh, come on. People in your situation have done the same thing. What else could you do? <laughs> yeah, there's this you had no kind other of therapeutic option. sort of um, religion. I know it just helps you feel better, right? But that, that's not the, that's not what Christianity teaches about guilt. Uh, you know, Christianity gives us this courtroom language of guilt that we are guilty for our sin, that we're responsible for for uh, our trespasses, and we will we should pay for them. But but the the wonderful Beauty of of Christianity is that, and and you know what we're trying to point out with this game, which ladder is? Jesus doesn't have us climb a ladder, but comes down to us, and uh, he takes the guilt for us. And so we have this 
language of imputed righteousness uh, for the sake of Christ. Yeah, that's right. It, there's an, so there's an objective guilt, even if you don't feel it. You, you are guilty simply by the virtue of the fact that you are a sinner and you've broken God's law. Now, uh, the Holy Spirit comes along and convicts us of sin so that we know of our own guilt. And sometimes we feel we feel guilty. Other times we don't. But we can know that we always are. There, so there's an objective guilt uh, that's not one-to-one relationship with uh, with objective guilt. There's there's these terrible criminals that commit these terrible crimes, and they feel no passion about it, no guilt about it whatsoever. This kind of and this is the insanity of sin, and this is often how we find ourselves, which is why we need to hear the law. It's only through the law that uh, uh, through that our our conscience is is struck so that we feel our own guilt, which we want to do. But then the same is true of innocence. Innocence, or freedom from guilt, is also both objective and subjective. In other words, we stand forgiven, not because we feel forgiven, but because the blood of Jesus is shed for our forgiveness. And with that objective forgiveness, we are free from guilt, even if we don't feel like it. So here's the situation which the Christian often lives in. We feel guilty. We feel the weight of our own sin. We feel the crushing burden of the law. And yet we hear over and over into our ears that the Lord has forgiven us and has set us free and has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And that stands true no matter if we feel it or not. Right. What is the verse for that? There's this marvelous verse that I think is one of the most helpful in First uh, in First John where it says... Uh, if our conscience convicts us, we, or if our heart convicts us, we have one who is greater than our hearts. So that, so that even when we, our, our heart is standing there telling us that we're guilty and worthy of the Lord's judgment and that we'll be damned, we have one greater than our heart, namely uh, a Jesus who tells us, I love you and your sins are all forgiven. That's right. And for that... You get uh, 200 for naming the latter and 200 for naming the theologian, uh, Frederick Schleibacher. So that is then 400 points. It seems like there, you get a couple more for naming the theologian there. Well, yeah, it you is didn't a figure harder. I'd get it. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, was, I, you know, I figured you're you know, familiar with him. I just didn't know if you'd pick out the quote. Now, would you have gotten it if you hadn't uh, had picked one out for yourself? I think so. Uh, but I was... Um, but I was thinking Schle- I had Schleiermacher on the brain since I pulled him off the shelf here this morning. So. <laughs> All right, so four hundred point, four hundred points. Or do you are you wanting more to name from naming the theologian? Well, I'm going to see if you can name the theologian. <laughs> yeah, here. you're to like, stick with two hundred. You're starting to act like a seminarian now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we we are about out of time, so why don't we just go ahead and take our break now, and then we'll continue playing which ladder slash name that theologian. After this break, during the break, you can visit our website, tabletalkradio.org, and click on the forum button and tell us what you think about Schleimacher. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio after this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitated. Never duplicate it. Do you like baptism? Because I know I do. If you do, you're really going to love this lay theological conference on Saturday, April 25th, 
uh, at Eternal Savior Lutheran Church in Lafayette, Colorado. They've asked me to be the speaker this year, and I'll be spending all day talking about baptism. What is it? What gifts does it bring? Is it law and or gospel? Why does everyone disagree with the Lutherans? Uh, and uh, what does baptism have to do with evangelism? These questions and more. So please join us again, Eternal Savior Lutheran Church, Lafayette, Colorado, April 25th. See you then. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, playing Witch Ladder and also Name That Theologian. Uh, Wolf Miller Super Game is what we're doing. And I'm rolling in the points, baby. Yeah, all 400 of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, since I since I took your the, why don't you read why don't you read the Schleimacher theologian and see if I can guess it. <laughs> you, you should, want another line from Schleiermacher? You, you shouldn't have said anything and see if I would have guessed it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty good. Uh, the contemplation of the pious is the immediate consciousness of the universal existence, uh, universal existence of all thing of all finite things in and through the infinite, and of all temporal things in and through the eternal. Religion is to seek this and find it in all that lives and moves, in all growth and change, in all doing and suffering. I don't even really know what this means. There it is. But there's that there's that uh, mystic ladder again, right? There it is. Yeah. All right. I've got a different uh, theologian for you, though. Are you ready? Yep. Four. We must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know and experience God's love and plan for our lives. Is that it? That's it. That's a short quote. Do it again. Do it again. Number four. We must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know and experience God's love and plan for our lives. Okay. Um... This this is the moral ladder, right? Because uh, we have the you know God's gifts and promises uh, hinging upon your action, your doing. So as soon as you act or move, then you'll get God's plan for your life. Um, so this this is the moral ladder, which which rests upon your will that you would do the right thing. So so far, how am I doing? Well, that's good. Although uh, let me actually throw this out there for the which ladder business is I think that. This, while uh, essentially your point is right, because I think all the ladders can probably be boiled down to the moralistic ladder, the, the language here is it leaves things open to where you can make it into whichever ladder you want. So mm-hmm. some might say we must individually receive Jesus Christ. This is the altar call, you know, the accepting Jesus, the receiving him uh, whole sort of business of the pietists, uh, that you have to have a moment in your life where you... Uh, invite Jesus into your heart, uh, but but it can be taken up any ladder that you prefer. So you can make it an, an intellectual thing, so that you know this is true. And now with your mind, you're you're receiving Jesus. So your mind is bowing itself to Him and and inviting Him in. Or it can be an emotional thing. And oftentimes, when you have these revivals, the receiving of Jesus is an emotional sort of experience, where you'll you'll get the preachers ask a question like this. How many of you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart now? You know, you see what I mean? So they right. make it into an emotional thing. That's so, the Holy so th- Spirit. That's Jesus knocking on the door. 
Right. So this would be like the seeker sensitive ladder. You can climb any, whichever of the three ladders uh, fits you. You can climb whichever ladder you want. Yeah, I think that's right. I I really do. And so, it, I mean, it is a ladder, but it's kind of uh, it it can it's an open ended ladder. It it can it can be all of these things, which is perhaps why the altar call. Remember, if you're starting a cult, you want to involve all three ladders. Uh, and and so it's why the altar call maybe is so is so popular. Why it sticks so much is because it really it, it can go uh, with the individual kind of uh, desires or whims of the person. Right. Well, okay. So I, you know, had the I was at least on the right track for the right ladder. Now, I mean, this could be almost anyone today. Um, so read it just one more time, and okay, I have a, you know, I have a couple ideas. Sure. Here's your key: is the very first part, number four. We must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know and experience God's love and plan for our lives. Yeah. Um, at first, I was I was leaning towards Joel Osteen because of this, uh, you know, this, I don't know, as soon as, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the prosperity gospel, this plan for your life that, you know, God wants you to be, you know, happy and wealthy and all this stuff. But you're right. You gave it away with the, with the beginning, the number four. Um, and and also the, the ending should have given it away too. Uh, this plan for your life, uh, which sounds remarkably, especially with the number four, like Rick Warren. Ha ha! Uh, I'll bet you Rick Warren would do this. Uh, oh, I'm exactly wrong. Like it is, but it's not Rick Warren. This is Bill Bright, the founder oh. of Campus Crusade, and it's the fourth of the four spiritual laws. He's the guy that wrote this oh. track, the four spiritual laws. Oh. And so this is the fourth spiritual law. So tricky, no points tricky. for you. Oh, you got to watch those those campus uh what are, campus crusade guys. You were one of them. No wonder you, you... Campus crusade. <laughs> I was on campus crusade for a while. I know and that's we'd why go, I said that. <laughs> we'd go we'd go out sharing the laws. That's what we'd call it. Can you believe four spiritual laws? Here's law 1. God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. There's a great I think Rosebro put together a great little postcard uh and it, and it has uh, the picture of the martyrs going before the lions, and below it it says, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> Sinful man is separated from God, therefore he cannot know and experience God's love and plan for his life. That's law f- two. Law three, Jesus is God's only provision for man's sin. Through him you can know, experience God's love and plan for your life. The problem is all the way salvation is potential until you uh, get to law four, we must individually receive Jesus a savior and Lord. That's just the old pietistic yarn that you got to do something to kind of access the saving power of Jesus, and and uh, it's really a disaster. Yep. All righty. Well, are you ready for your next one? Yes. All right. Let me. Uh, okay. Now, now, see, you give me this one little one line, and I have this whole, whole paragraph for you. But whatever. Okay. The and Egyptians this is... complained, and Moses sent snakes, or God sent snakes <laughs> to them in the wilderness. Just remember okay. That. Well, I was going to tell you the header, or the heading it was under, but now I'm not going to. Here it is. <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not share with you the steps God revealed to me for your healing. First, see God's anointed ministers as instruments of bringing his teaching, preaching, and healing to you. Look beyond them to him who is invisible until you see the invisible. Then see your spirit that all see in your spirit that all things are possible as you believe, including the miracle of healing in your body. Second, seek to hear the 
that men and women of God who follow Jesus' example of teaching, preaching, and healing interchangeably. Understand, although that you have faith, that faith must come forth and go to God, as Paul said, faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Third, get a point of contact, something you do to release your faith when you receive healing prayer. Everything in life has a point where you contact it. A light switch has the point of contact to the power plant so that when you touch the switch, the lights come on. Turning the key in your car is a point of contact that turns the motor on and starts the car, ready for you to drive. Uh, one more. Uh, or let me finish. I'm, one I'm more taking after. notes for my sermon this Sunday. Good. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> Likewise, God's healing power has points of contract, contact, uh, which you do. When you do one of them, you release your faith directly to God, making contact with the power that spins the universe. <laughs> you touch the living Jesus in whom uh, is all miracle healing. And last one. Fourth, um, when you did do, when you do get your great healing, sorry. Fourth, what you did to get your healing is what you continue to keep your healing. Throughout the Bible, God tells us, the just shall live by faith, and also tell people, we live by faith or die by doubt. All right, do you have any ideas who that could be? This is oh, a, wait, 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 which yeah. ladder first? Uh, oh, yeah, which ladder, yeah. Uh, so this is some sort of um, this uh, prosperity gospel kind of faith healing, accessing, uh, accessing the divine power. This is one of the great themes of mysticism again, where we have this unity with the divine power and it affects our own lives then so it's not this is not necessarily simply just the emotional type religion but rather this old style mysticism which says that through the divine spark in us or through our through our connection to the divine nature then we have then we can access that power so we we touch the switch and uh and get zapped by the divine healing power. So I think this again is going to be is going to be mysticism, although it's it's you know leaving us to do this stuff. So there's a bit of moralism in there as well. How's that? How's that ladder diagnosis suit you? It sounds good. Um, I, my favorite part of this whole thing was at the end that uh, uh, when you do one of them, you release your faith directly to God, making contact. With the power that spins the universe. <laughs> yeah. Spin, there's a song for that. Spinning, spinning. You'll have to bump us out with this, some spinning song. Spinning, spinning. Or hey. you spin me right round. Yeah, that's right. Right round. <laughs> Yeesh. All uh, right. Well, uh, do you want to guess who this is in the yeah, next minute? Yeah, sure. It's. Uh, I mean, Joel Osteen, you like just Joel Osteen, but he doesn't get I into do. the details <laughs> like this, he, although this is probably his same theology. I don't think he gets into the into the specifics. This would be someone more like uh, Joyce Meyer, I think. Uh, so I'm going to guess Joyce Meyer. Uh, that is incorrect. Um, this is actually an earlier preacher of of said teachings. This would be Oral Roberts. Oh, there you go. How, how you know all these faith healers I, is uh, beyond me. It makes me a little <laughs> bit suspicious. I don't watch TBN that much, so. Do you know? <laughs> that's all they have here in the dorms. It's the only channel we get. <laughs> nice. No, I actually I was I was walking around the library last night trying to find I'm like what am I going to get for theologians, and I came across Schleimacher and I thought perfect, and I, then I came across Oral Roberts somehow and I thought I'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, that's all we've got, oh. and we need to go to a break. Uh, Table Talk Jeopardy after this? Yeah, bring it on. All right. There it is. All right, we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio after this. Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Sorry. Hello, this is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. I'm planning a symposium on Islam to be held at Peace with Christ Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. We have three speakers, Adam Francisco from the Fort Wayne Seminary, Dr. Stephen Hine from Colorado Springs, and Deacon Shaquille Nazami from Pakistan to be talking about the history, theology uh, of Islam and how we can reach out to our Islamic neighbors. The cost is $10, 20 max per family again Saturday, May 16th at Peace with Christ Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. For more information, send me an email at pastor at hope-aurora.org. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're starting the game Table Talk Jeopardy. The score is, um, let's see, I got 200. Cause you, oh, wait, this is real fair. I gave you two theologians. See, I, I think I should get 400 points for, for guessing the same theologian you did with Schleimacher. All right. And then uh, you, you got 400 points for guessing Schleimacher and his ladder, and you only got 200 points on the Oral, Oral Roberts one. So it's 600 to 400. <laughs> So, and now we're playing. A good thing you're Jeffrey. not uh, you're not studying math. Give a little funny kind of man. Are you doing? Are you the one doing the books for Table Talk Radio too? <laughs> we don't do it that way. Well, there should be two hundred well, over here. Your, your wife told me not to let you do it, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she warned me. <laughs> Table okay. Talk Jeopardy, my favorite game. <laughs> I am sure it is. Well, you know, the, the basic – well, I really had to explain this one. It's just Jeopardy with, with a Table Talk radio theme. So, uh, But past, our theme oh, we, this morning is the resurrection. Aha, Easter. Right, right. And um, since you like these super games so much, you know, where we just mixed uh, which ladder and uh, name that theologian, I decided to make a super game out of this too. All right. I, I am mixing Table Talk Jeopardy and uh, Google it. And so I Googled the phrase Easter quiz, and uh, I had these questions for you. Really? <laughs> based on, off of some random random website of Easter. So we'll, we'll oh, go with it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it has, this has nothing prep. to do with me being ill-prepared. I'm, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have five questions. I have five questions. Uh, so you're behind, so you start, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. What? Oh, you mean how many? Points? You select the points. That oh, you right, want. right, right, right. Uh, I'll take uh, Easter Sunday for 100, please. Okay. Ooh, this article of the creed teaches the resurrection. Is it the first? Is it the second? Is it the third? Or is it all three? Oh. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you gave me multiple options because I didn't want to say the fourth on accident. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, 
okay, so this is this is my thought process. I mean, obviously, we have the resurrection. This in is the wait, second wait. Article. You should warn our listeners. You are about to enter the mind <laughs> of a seminarian. If you were under the age of twenty, twenty-one, you might want to tune out for a few minutes. This could be disturbing. It's not like anyone's listening anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. No. Um, obviously, it's in the second article. We you know, we have that you know Jesus. Uh, you know, we have the humiliation and exaltation of Jesus right there. And we also have the resurrection in the third article, the resurrection of the body. Yes. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to think. In the first article, um, first article regarding creation, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. Yeah, resurrection in there. I don't. I don't know that it is. Am I, am I missing something? Well, this is. I this is. I'll. I'll give you a little of my thinking. This is. Um, one of the things that we learn in the resurrection is that God does not despise His creation. You see, He's not throwing it out. So the the resurrection is there implied in the very fact that God created all things is that he will then uh, have all things uh, for himself in the end. So that the resurrection is, uh, in a way, the bringing, it is the new creation, but it is God uh, keeping his care of this creation. And so uh, I, I find uh, some marvelous comfort in the fact that God created the world, uh, and so and so we have uh, so we have the resurrection. God doesn't hate the world. If you were a Gnostic, you would say that that the that this physical world was created by a demigod uh, that was evil and wicked, and that salvation comes by being released from this world. And so the Gnostics. Uh, never believed in the resurrection because the whole point of salvation was to escape this creation. But we know as soon as God created the world that he loves it and that creation is good and so that he will have it back in the resurrection. So while it, I think the resurrection is explicit in the second and third articles, I think it's there uh, implicit in the first as well. Well, I don't want to be a Gnostic, so... Uh... But you know, now I feel kind of bad because I have this, this silly little Easter quiz on on you know the internet that I just googled, <laughs> and you have this. But at least I didn't I didn't formulate questions on implications of the first article. <laughs> you should make a T-shirt that says, "I don't want to be a Gnostic." <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. I, by the way, am wearing my Iron Preacher T-shirt. You are not as as we record. Yeah, I am. It's under my clerical here, uh, but it's here. And when you start preaching, you just break open the shirt and <laughs> – oh, man. What a disaster. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I'll go with the last one, all, all three. What is all three? You're right. Two, 100 points. All right. yourself. Man, this is a joke. This is going to be so easy for you. This is a little silly. Okay, question one, and it has three multiple choice options. All right. What does Mardi Gras have to do with Easter? <laughs> Really? What kind of Easter quiz site were you looking at here? <laughs> I don't know. Infoplease.com. Hmm. Uh, uh, no, the three, are you going to give me the three options? Oh, yeah. I, I guess I should. Mardi Gras is the first day of Lent. Mardi Gras is the last day to indulge before Lent. Mardi Gras has nothing to do with Easter. Well, maybe the last two are, all, <laughs> are true. Uh, Mardi Gras is... Um, is the celebration of the? It's not necessarily the last days, but uh, the last day, but the last days. I believe it starts on the, su- the on the Sunday before Lent and goes to the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. 
Uh, so there's a number of days, and it's the, it's the old carnival gone nuts. Uh, the, the carnival started, though, carnival, as a good tradition. Carne means meat, so that you got to eat all the meat before the Lenten fast starts, or else, you you know, it would rot. So the days before Lent would be days of feasting on all the, you know, pieces of ham and everything you got in the house. Uh, and then it just, so it just turns into this festival, and now in New Orleans, it's just uh, cr- crazy nonsense. Although my parents lived in Louisiana for a little while, and in the towns, kind of out in the sticks in louisiana they would have nice mardi gras parades good for the family and children and everything like this we went to this one uh way out in the in the in the swamp and they would go around town these guys on horses and they would let chickens go and they'd have to run off the horses and catch the chickens that was a kick uh so does that answer your question so the answer is what is it is uh what is the days before lent in which the Preparation for the fastings would begin, but it's turned into a big debaucherous disaster nowadays. Um, you should go to our website, tabletalkradio.org, where there's an article uh, from Pastor Wolfmuller, Fun Things to Do in the Sticks of Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think whatever you said was right. Uh, correct. <laughs> All right. Okay. 100 then. 100 points for me. You should just get 100 for all of these because none of them are that challenging. Well, look, that whose fault is that? <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm ready. What is Easter uh, Easter Sunday category for 200? Okay. Uh, this verse is, uh, uh, is written in this book. <laughs> if in this life only... I haven't really formulated the question. Is this exactly. Bible B then now? Or? This is kind of Bible B. Okay. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Oh, I know this. Um, I want to say... I can read the next verse, too, if you want. It couldn't hurt. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. <coughs> Um, I think this is in Corinthians somewhere. Um, first or second is is uh, I could be completely wrong too. Um, I'm just there's gonna... always that possibility. <laughs> That's kind of the possibility that seminarians live in. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> Not to throw you off your Corinthians bone there. That's was good instinct. Um, I'm going to go with 2 Corinthians. That's so close. 1 Corinthians. So close. Did, did you think yep. I said 2? I said 1 Corinthians. <laughs> you might need First to turn up, turn up your is. volume a little bit. Yeah, that's right. You cut out a bit. 1 Corinthians <laughs> chapter 15, the resurrection chapter. Aha. Uh-huh. Of course. Uh, you you have you know there's these marvelous some chapters in the Bible that just will will just go for a theme and stick with it and that's how First Corinthians 15 is with the resurrection the whole chapter uh, is about this marvelous truth of the resurrection and here in this verse Paul is saying look at if if Jesus didn't raise from the dead and we just in this life have hope in Christ then boy we're in trouble but he raised from the dead so we're not we got forgiveness and and the and the hope of eternal life all because of the resurrection of the Lord so. All right. Well, you ready for one more question? We have about a minute in the segment. Let's 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 do this question for you. So this will be worth let's do it two hundred for you. 
And uh, the question is, what is the origin of the word Easter? Is it um, A, it was the sky deity associated with the rain, with rain and agriculture. B, it was the name of a spring goddess. Or C, it was a, a mythical beast that was crucified by his herd. This is like a, the Jehovah Witness quiz or something. <laughs> <laughs> they love to talk about this, the, how Eshtar was the god of the spring, which died in the winter and came back in the summer. That would be, so what is B, I think, would be the answer to that. Correct. Uh, it's There is something, though. And so the Jehovah Witness and some others, they don't celebrate Easter or Christmas because they're pagan. Don't you know it's pagan? And uh, you shouldn't do pagan stuff. But how, celebrating the Lord's resurrection, my. Uh, and, and we celebrate it... Um, uh, each springtime around the Passover when the Lord would have uh, been crucified uh, and risen. And there is something that when Christianity comes into a culture or into a land, it's the that the history of our Lord Jesus is just so much more captivating than all of the fairy tales that man invents. And so it just takes over. Uh, Easter then is, is nothing other than the celebration of the, uh, of the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, well, we need to go to a break, so um, I was going to comment, but we need to go to a break, and we'll be right back with more Table Talk Radio. You've been spared. More. (laughs) We'll be right back. Everyone's favorite critical event. Table Talk Radio will be right back. We are very thankful to all the listeners who have contributed to Table Talk Radio to help us cover our few bills. For the podcast, we've decided not to run donation promos all the time, but rather only when there is a need. That time is now. You see, when Pastor and I record Table Talk Radio, we are actually about a thousand miles away from each other. After recording our voices independently, we then synchronize the audio into one feed, which is the programming you hear on a weekly basis. This, however, requires hours of time in editing the show and preparation for radio broadcasts. There is some radio equipment available that would allow us to connect with each other so that we could record both our voices at one location, greatly reducing the time required to edit the show. This equipment however, is pretty expensive. Right now, we're sort of pulling you, our listeners, to see if the purchase of this equipment would be a possibility by your generous donations. If you think this is a reasonable expense, please email me, evan at tabletalkradio.org. Thank you very much for your consideration. Back to the final segment of Table Talk Radio. We're finishing up Table Talk Jeopardy. The score is um, I don't have it. Anyway, let's go go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you have it. Though. Oh, what? Are you, come on, there it is. Oh, what, it's nine nine thousand to five hundred or something. No, <laughs> nine hundred nine hundred to five hundred. Um, so don't you've worry, got a there's, there's still time to catch left. up. So is it my turn then? You better. Yes, your Let, turn. Let's go. Uh, uh, Easter Sunday. Category for 500. 
500, huh? 500. I know you don't have a 500. You're going to have uh, the audible. You're going to have the audible for one of your other. No, I got I have 5. I have all I'm ready to go. Uh, <laughs> this theologian wrote this Easter hymn. Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands. Here I'll give you a little line for it. Yeah, do it. Then let us feast this Easter day on Christ the bread of heaven. The word of grace hath purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Alleluia. And I'm not entirely sure. Okay, let me give you another uh, line to give you a hint here. It was a strange and dreadful strife. I just basically want to read this hymn here. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Holy Scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. That's from 1 Corinthians 15, by the way. The resurrection His sting chapter. is lost forever. Alleluia. All right, I'm going to go with Paul Gerhardt. Well, that's close. Luther. Oh, are you kidding? Dang it. <laughs> that's okay. I'll, I'll dub it in later that I got that right. <laughs> Luther, Martin Luther, Easter hymn. That's the hymn of the day for Easter. Woo! Uh, all right. Well, I didn't get it. Are you ready for your next one, then? Yep, ready. Question three. Oh, this one's dumb. Hold on. I'm just going to go on. <laughs> it was what was the difference between a rabbit and a hare? <laughs> I wouldn't have got that one. I got some more. You want to do some more of my questions? I did my show prep during the first segment. Okay, go for it. Uh for 400. This this ancient theologian is the first to give marvelous testimony of the resurrection in these words. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. That they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. After my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns within me. I I, uh, I I missed the first part. Just read the first part of your question up to the quote. Oh, yes. So this, this quote is spoken by this uh, ancient theologian who gives us one of the first clear testimonies of the resurrection of the flesh. Oh, man, I have no idea. Um... Okay, it's a Bible B question, so this is a passage in the Scriptures. So, um... Uh... <laughs> This is great. Um, <laughs> read, read the first part again of the quote. Okay, okay. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. That they were engraved on a rock with an iron pin and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives. I don't know. Paul? Job. Job. Close, though. Paul's close. Come Paul on. also wrote uh. parts, of, parts of the Bible, you know. Now, this is one. This passage is so important because there is this lie that goes around, and people believe it, that the Old Testament doesn't have the resurrection, that the resurrection is a New Testament thing, not an Old Testament thing, and that is just simply wrong. 
Here, Job was one of the, maybe Job lived in the time of Abraham. Maybe he lived in the time of Moses. He lived a long time ago. And here he has this beautiful passage in, in Job chapter 19. That uh, it's it's chapter 19, verses 23 to to, to 27. A, and he says, not only do I know that my Redeemer lives, in other words, the Messiah will be resurrected in the flesh, but that this means I will be resurrected as well, and that I will see him with my own eyes. In my flesh, I will see the resurrected Jesus, the resurrected Messiah. What a fantastic text. And and, the, and this great, great uh, Easter hymn is based on this too. Uh, I know that my Redeemer lives, uh, built around these words, uh, of the prophet Job. There it is. Well, um, here's no a good, points for you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a disaster for Evan and Table Talk Radio points. <laughs> that's okay. You you were trying to get get all these points so you could bring them with you to uh to do to that Kansas, visit you that's got right. next week, which I have already been to. Don't you know? Oh yeah, now that's broadcast. <laughs> I had a great time Strange out there. Table in Kansas. talk time warp. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for okay. everyone for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's another one for you on this mystery Easter quiz, which um, I, I don't think we'll be mixing Google it and Table Talk Jeopardy again anytime soon. <laughs> what you is have to read the quiz before you come on the air? <laughs> well, that, we don't. Have... Okay. Whatever. What is the feature of Roman Catholic life that requires members to receive communion between Ash Wednesday? And Trinity Sunday. What is the feature of Roman Catholic theology that requires members to receive communion between Ash Wednesday and Trinity Sunday? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, that's some. I don't. It's just would some you, canon like, law, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll read you the options. Is it a the Easter duty, b the penance period, or three Shrove Tuesday? What Shrove Tuesday? Uh, I, uh, I don't know what it's called. I, that's a mystery to me. I'm, I don't know Just this. Guess language, one. So. Guess one. Uh, okay. First one. Easter. Easter duty. Okay, um, that is correct. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me! This was a good idea. <laughs> How many points do I have? Five, six thousand? Something like that. We we're not counting anymore. Um, I'm going to give myself some points for actually writing my own questions which, out. Which this one? Time too. <laughs> which, sorry about that. Which which ones? Uh, how many questions do you have remaining? One. Okay. One more. You have, uh, I don't know, uh, 400. The question for 400. Okay. Let's do it. You might get this one. After the resurrection, these two disciples were not in the upper room. Uh, who is? When, I should say, after the afternoon of the resurrection, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, these two disciples were not in the upper room. Um, who is Judas and Thomas? Right. Ding, ding, ding. Give should yourself, that, that give yourself been, a knife 400 points. That should have been the 100 question. These are supposed to get progressively harder. Did you know that? Well, I, I didn't think that the, the first <laughs> one. I didn't think any of these were really that hard. You don't want me to have to say that on the air, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Judas wasn't there because he had hung himself. Uh Thomas wasn't there because I don't know why wasn't Thomas there. He just wasn't there. We, we don't know where it's he not was. revealed. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, but then he comes back and they said, "Hey, we saw Jesus," and he says, "I I want to see it too. I want to see him. I want to put my hands in his hand and his side." And then Jesus, the next week, a week later, uh, the week after Easter, comes back to Thomas and says, "Here, here's the holes. Stick your hands in there." And then Thomas has this great confession of faith: "My Lord and my God." And then the blessing that is for us. 
who who are 2,000 years later, Jesus says, Bless, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. And so for all of you, our listeners, and for you, Evan, and for me, this is the blessing that the Lord Jesus has for us, for we who believe in his resurrection, even though we haven't seen it. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think the reason Thomas wasn't there is he was preparing his Jeopardy questions for the other apostles <laughs> later when they're playing uh, Table Talk Jeopardy. Oh, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> Well, I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we do want to hear from you, our listeners. You can do so several ways by calling us on our phone uh, message system. That number is, Pastor Wolfmiller? 1-800-HE-IS-RISEN-INDEED. Um, no, 866-851-5523, or email questions at tabletalkradio.org. And also you can have a conversation about this show with our other listeners, uh, both both of them. And that is at tabletalkradio.org. Click the forum button, and uh, you can chat with us there. <laughs> I keep getting it. We keep getting emails from people saying, hey, I listen. That should be at least three. You know? <laughs> I know. I think we're probably up to about 16 or 17 listeners now. So you, don't worry. You're not alone out there. You're not yeah. alone. For the, Almost for those of you, alone. But. For those of you who have a, a market demographic for our 17 listeners, you can advertise on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.